It's time for Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Doug is a certified financial planner, providing you with a personal financial hotline to answer your questions about tax planning, investments, retirement planning, estate planning, and education planning. Doug and Linda are the owners of Lewis Financial Management, a registered investment advisory firm in Raleigh, providing financial and investment services since 1983. Doug and Linda will be answering your questions on WPTF's phone lines anytime during the next hour. Call 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. Call toll-free 1-800-662-7979. And for mobile phones, it's star 680. And now, Doug and Linda Lewis and Money Matters. Hello there, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Money Matters with Doug and Linda has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all of your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 20 years. And again, with me as usual tonight is my wife, Linda, who works with me in our firm, Lewis Financial Management. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the show. Doug and I are the owners of Lewis Financial Management, a registered investment advisory firm in Raleigh, providing investment in financial advice since 1983. For over 20 years, we've been answering your questions on the WPTF phone lines. They are your questions and our answers. So sit back and enjoy, or if you're free, call us tonight on the open lines. We'll take your calls anytime during the next hour. You're free to call in and ask any financial question about your own personal financial planning. Call us at 860-9783, that's 860-WPTF. Or you can call us toll-free, long distance, at 1-800-662-7979. Well, financial planning is everyone's business, and still for most folks, money matters are just a big puzzle. Folks have questions about planning for retirement, planning for a child's college education. They don't know the difference between financial planning and money management. They want to know a lot these days. They want to know what's a mutual fund, what's a limited partnership, what's a REIT, what's a will, what's a living will. And yes, it really can confuse you, but you're not alone. Because in a world crowded with new investments, changing tax laws, rapidly evolving insurance products, and volatile economic cycles, more and more people are looking for clear direction in their financial lives. And yet, unfortunately, the busier and the more successful they are, the less time they have to sort out their financial affairs, and people are asking, is there any solution? Well, yes, Doug, there certainly is a solution. Out of this increasingly complicated financial environment has come a new breed of professionals that are trying to solve people's money puzzles, and that's the Certified Financial Planner. It's the certified financial planner who offers something that people don't get from the traditional stockbroker, money manager, accountant, insurance agent, or bank trust officer. And that's a way to consolidate all aspects of people's financial affairs into one financial plan. It's the certified financial planner who knows how to pull together all six areas of a client's financial life. Doug, I think for many people, the first area of financial planning is cash flow planning with questions about their emergency fund, their mortgage, their credit cards, and reducing their debt. Well, yes, Linda, and yet for many people, the second area of financial planning is retirement planning. Those who are working want to know how to compute what they'll need to live on during retirement. 
and how much they should be saving for retirement. They want to know what investments they should choose from the choices in their company's 401k plan. Others are retiring and have received a lump sum payout option from their company's retirement plan, and they want to know, should they take it, and if so, how should they invest it? Well, Doug, the third area of financial planning that must be dealt with is estate planning. For most people, over their working years, their estate has grown. How can they reduce their estate taxes? And they wonder, are their simple wills sufficient, or maybe they should be considering the complicated world of trusts? If that's the third area, Linda, the fourth area of financial planning cannot be overlooked. This is tax planning. People are interested in both tax reduction strategies and tax reduction investments. Home mortgage interest, charitable giving, tax shelters, tax-free bonds, questions about capital gains taxes, estate taxes, gift taxes, and how to sell real estate tax-free using trusts. What a confusion. Well, Doug, we can't forget the fifth area of financial planning, which is insurance planning. How much life insurance does a family really need? Do they have too little insurance or maybe too much insurance? Should they have whole life, term, or universal? Should they have long-term nursing care coverage? You're right, Lynn. And, of course, the sixth and most important area of financial planning is investment planning. Here, the questions never stop. What's the best way to diversify my investments? Is now a safe time to invest in stocks? What about bonds? What kind of stock mutual funds? Bond mutual funds? Equipment leasing partnerships? REITs? CDs? Gold? Annuities? So, Doug, it seems that at last it's time for people to understand that a certified financial planner is really the only one who can tie together all six parts of their financial puzzle. And to you out there listening, if you've got a question on your mind about cash flow planning, retirement planning, estate planning, tax planning, insurance, or investments, call us now on the open lines and we'll answer your financial planning questions. Those numbers to call are 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. Out-of-towners, call us toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. And if you just want to sit back and listen to the callers through the years, welcome to the show. Investments offered through HBEC, Inc., FINRA, SIPC, investment advice offered through Lewis Financial Management, HBEC, and Lewis Financial Management are not related. Well, Doug, we're having a wonderful day. The weather is great in the Carolinas, isn't it? Don't you love it? Don't you love it? Almost and, 90 degrees at 6 o'clock. And last week, uh, we attended uh, a reunion, a college reunion. Yeah, what do you think Washington about that? Washington and Lee. Yeah. Hi, Deborah. This is a, Deborah's on with us again tonight. How, Deborah? What do you think about your dad and mom going to visit a college reunion in the mountains of Virginia? Hi, dad, mom. I thought it was great. It was great to hear about all the stories and catch up on where everybody had gone through the years and all the successful stories and ways they've lived their lives. Isn't that something? College reunion and you find out one of your classmates was the president of the, of the New York Stock Exchange for 10 years. Hadn't seen him all these years. And another one was the um, president of the Federal Reserve Bank. He was on the board of the Federal Reserve Bank in Richmond. Isn't that something? Everybody's got a story behind them. I was so I was so proud of all the Washington and Lee uh, classmates that I hadn't seen in a while. It was really good just being there. I bet it was a beautiful time of year to visit too. Blue Ridge Mountains were 
incredible. Lexington, Virginia, Washington Lee University, that part of Virginia is probably the best part of Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Well, to our listeners in North Carolina, welcome to Money Matters. And if you've got a question on your minds about your financial planning issues, you can call us right now on the open lines. Those numbers to call are 860 860- WPTF, that's 860-9783. And if you're out of town, it is toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. And you can visit our website, www.lfmadvisor.com. Well, what's new in the world of financial planning this week, Doug? Uh, well, I can get us started. I think uh, one of the most interesting articles I read this week was that someday is not a day of the week. <laughs> and what the man was meaning by that... Yeah, where'd that article come from? Someday <laughs> right. is not a day of the week. Where'd right. that article come from? And his whole point of view was that if we procrastinate, it is never going to happen. That day of the week will never arrive. Well, Pro- this was actually an article in Investment News, uh-huh. a recent uh, uh, publication of Investment News. So somebody help me. What was it all about? He begins by saying basically that we've become a a nation of procrastinators. And although we may not mean to be procrastinators, but we often come up with a lot of good reasons why not to get started, why not to start thinking about financial planning, and why not to make some of those tough decisions. Wow. That's been my experience so many times through the years. Clients come. They hear us on the air. They call our office. They make an appointment. They come to see us. And then you check on them a few years later and nothing happened. And usually not because they didn't want to do anything, but usually because they come up with reasons. And some of the typical reasons that the author would had listed are often reasons that I think that we often hear in the office. Well, retirement planning is serious business, but a great number or a great amount of research that I have read shows that Americans are not dealing with retirement planning seriously. So when it comes to retirement planning, indeed, the nation is a nation of procrastinators. But financial planners, I know a lot of my peers who try to use logic and reason and facts to persuade procrastinating prospects and clients that retirement planning is serious, have a difficult time getting them to pay attention those people who really want to do something but are often just distracted by life and the life concerns. Yeah, it's it's really sad. It's sad because the planner, such as myself, has to be some some sort of a psychologist almost. <laughs> almost to help people reason why they have to get past this, some of these concerns. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a lot of information out there, and, and people certainly are encouraged uh, by their employers to contribute or to start planning. And um, usually clients ignore performance metrics, retirement calculations, and all the warning signs pointing to a dismal retirement. And still, for many folks, nothing happens, right? You know, Lynn, that's really a good point because so many times I have spent, you know, a couple hours preparing a whole presentation to show how a particular client is headed for a disaster and I've got all the metrics and all the analyses to show them that they've got to make some serious changes and it falls on dead ears. I hear a lot of excuses. 
You want to guess the kind of excuses I hear? <laughs> well, probably I'm just too busy. <laughs> <laughs> Very right. Just too busy. Yeah. People are always putting off retirement planning. Others, um, well, the simple, the best advice to these people is simply to carve out a specified time from their busy schedule and to get to work. If you don't do, if you don't do it, you will live to regret it. Unfortunately, that's what all the research shows. I hear people say to me, well, I can't do it now. My finances are a mess. That's ridiculous. That's why you need to do it because your finances are a mess. Others say that it's too soon to think about retirement. That's ridiculous. You know, if you're young and you're in your twenties and thirties, the thought of being 65 just, it does, it's who, who, it's inconceivable. Right, Debs? It sure is. <laughs> I'm not in my twenties anymore, but as that time passes and you get closer and closer to thinking about when is retirement, that's when it is the time to really get serious about sitting down with someone. Right. You other, need to sit down with someone. You know, other folks say, well, I just plan to work until I die. Is that? Until I drop I mean, dead. <laughs> that is just, I hear it and it always makes me groan inside. I can see you at 88 years old, still working, you know? <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden, you know, anyway, it's, it's sad, but it's, it's true. But the answer to all these excuses is to find a way to work with a certified financial planner who is ready to weave a little therapy into the financial and the retirement planning process. Sometimes it's the wife, sometimes it's the husband, but very often the couple needs a little uh, help being brought to see that it's a family matter. You know, on a serious note, um, I, I was just remembered uh, because uh, this week, uh, you did a pro bono uh, presentation at the Boys and Girls Club of North Carolina. That was very And rewarding. I was remembering that the, what is the Spanish word for goal is... Presupuesto. Presupuesto. No, meta. 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 Yeah, the, the, subject <laughs> of the, the subject of the presentation was presupuestos, which is budget, and the goals are... Los, La meta. La meta. Yeah. So I, I was, I was thinking that, you know, people need to have a goal in mind. Uh, not only a time frame for retirement, but also, um, sort of a plan on how to take those steps towards retirement. Because whatever you're doing, uh, it's never too early to start planning. That's right. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF. And if you're out there and you've got a question about your goals, your retirement, and planning for your retirement, call us on the open lines at 860-WPTF. That's 860-9783. And if you're out of town coming back from the beach, call us toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. Well, while waiting for the first caller this evening, was there another article anybody saw they wanted to discuss? Well, you know, even there was an art- another article in Investment News uh, entitled, Even Affluent Have Retirement Jitters. What was that one about? Uh, well, it was primarily about how despite healthy incomes, many spend way too much and save way too little. You know, the uh, the definition of the affluent or the affluent, the definition of the affluent investor sometimes is quite discouraging to the people themselves to be told, you're affluent. Many a time I have a client come in my office and I add up everything 
and I produce a financial statement and it says you have more than a million dollars. And I tell them, well, you're a millionaire. And they say, it sure doesn't feel like that. But when you go ahead and take a look at it, you see, well, there's the home. That's a big hunk of it. And then there is, you know, the boat. And then there is the savings account. And then there is the, and by the time you chop it down, you realize that's why they don't feel like they are affluent. But I believe that many people would divide uh, the levels of affluence from what I have read in amongst my peers that write about this subject. The affluent would be those who have between a 100,000 and a million of investable assets, including 401k, retirement, and everything. So that's the affluent. And uh, they don't feel affluent. They really don't feel affluent. And then you have the next category, and these are those, uh, they're the lower-level millionaires. Okay. And then you have what's called the mega-millionaires, I believe, or the ultra-affluent that have over five million dollars, but even those, I'm, I know as I've met with them through my, my professional career, very rarely do they feel like they're, they're, they're really comfortable. Why don't they feel comfortable? Why don't they feel as wealthy as, as it sounds to anyone who listens to those numbers? Well, because we are finding that while they're, 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 they're realizing they're not able to retire. They're, they're short of the wealth that they're going to need to support their lavish pre-retirement lifestyles. Much of the shortfall can be attributed to their inability to save or their inability to rein in their spending as they accumulate their nest eggs. So some clients uh, coming into uh, the practice five years ahead of their retirement date with incomes in the middle six figures, um, but with total savings of less than that. That's shocking. And that's a shocking problem. They've accumulated barely what an annual income is. And so what I have to tell them when I run an analysis, if you retire now at 65, you'll be broke by age 67. That seems almost implausible. <laughs> I know. And yet you see it. And it's because of the spending patterns, isn't it? It is. If you're driving that Lexus and you're not willing to give it up to adjust your 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 lifestyle to to, to accumulate accumulate more. also to be able to live you know as you get older right well i have seen uh shocking statistics recently because there are more and more of these surveys that are going out now about retirement feasibility and so forth and among the mass affluent that's those in the 100,000 to million dollar uh investable asset range 76% are concerned about not having saved enough for retirement. And 62% of the millionaires and even 50% of the ultra-wealthy are very concerned. That is, uh, I guess that's a wake-up call. At least I'm glad they're concerned, but are they doing anything about it? You know, the, the article also said that part of what contributes to client spend thrift ways is the misguided belief that they will be able to work forever and they'll continue to make the money that they need to support their lifestyle. Yeah, that's not reality. And that is sad for some of these high income clients. The choice, unfortunately, is socking money away into your 401k and your retirement plan 
or paying for private schools for your kids all the way from pre-K all the way up through college. It might be done with the best interest, but those expenses are going to pile up. And I have to tell them that we understand your goals, but you need to think about your need to support yourselves way beyond the age of 80 or 85. And in some cases, it is possible to save people if they're willing to go ahead and and listen. Would you sort of summarize the whole article or the content of, of this discussion sort of in the need for people to at least get the analysis done and find out where they are? Because even if the pieces of paper in front of you saying that you might be wealthy and not feeling it, that you really can talk it through with someone, a certified financial planner, someone who really can let you look at those numbers and break it down for you. Very good, Deborah. The ostrich approach of keeping your head in the sand and not looking at it is the worst thing. So meeting with a certified financial planner to run a retirement feasibility analysis and then being willing to take the cold truth of what you find is the beginning. And yes, uh, sometimes it can happen. Sometimes when meeting with big spenders and showing them the hard figures of just how long it's going to take for a retirement account to hit zero once you run out, sometimes you can stop the bleeding, solve the problem, and help them achieve their goals. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. And if you've got a question, call us on the open lines at 860-WPTF. That's 860-9783. And if you're out of town, it is toll-free, 1-800-662-7979. If you'd like to reach us during the week at our offices at Lewis Financial Management, LLC, you can call us at 919-872-7000. And, um, you know, Doug, going back, uh, to the, the, the last, uh, discussion that we had, that if interventions are done appropriately, then an advisor, if you work with a, a fee-based financial planner, then the advisor can connect with you, the spendthrift client, while you still have a nest egg. But the success depends on whether they're receptive. So, you know, as we were talking earlier, that some people are just procrastinators, others that do have wealth, um, you know, the wealth may not uh, go very far, especially if you're supporting family members or paying for college expenses at Ivy League schools. You need to work with a financial planner who can help you look at your real numbers and help you plan for your future. All right, Doug, let's take another call. How can I help you, Max? This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Uh, good evening, Doug. Uh, I'm a small uh, sole proprietorship. We're trying to increase uh, our possible cash flow with a loan. And with that loan, we're trying to figure out the best place to invest it so that we've got uh, the ability to make more sales, uh, buy more capital equipment, and the usual. How much are you, how much are you wanting to How much are you going to be borrowing? Uh, 300000 you're going to borrow three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and you want to go ahead and establish, I guess, a revolving credit line against it. Is that what you're thinking? Uh, that's one of the options that I was thinking about. Uh, what do you see as the maximum amount that you will need out at any one moment? Probably somewhere in the neighborhood of one hundred and fifty-five to one hundred and seventy-five. 
right, I'll tell you what you can do, and this, and I'm not going to recommend this on the air, but I'll give it to you as a strategy, and if you'd like to call my office to set up an appointment, I'll actually get the real specifics from you, and then I can make a real recommendation. But okay, just sure. generically, you could do this. You could go ahead and structure a mutual fund portfolio balanced with uh, balanced funds, asset allocation funds, short-term bond funds, intermediate-term bond funds. But you could go ahead and get a portfolio designed that we could comfortably feel is not going to suffer any major disaster. Right. Now, number two, you can put that into margin, a margin account, okay. where you actually are able to borrow against yourself. And you can then, but you can, you're limited to 50%. Right. So you could have outstanding at any one moment. You could write a check of $150,000 against that at any moment and not be forced to sell any of your mutual funds. Okay. So let's say you needed to take out twenty-five or $50,000. You'd write a check against it. You're basically leaving your own mutual funds as collateral against your loan. Okay. But you're not going through a bank. You're doing it against yourself. There's no credit approval. There's no no loan application. It's your own money. But you don't have to liquidate or surrender your investments. Okay. Uh, and then as your money came back, you dump it right back. You pay back your own loan against yourself, but your investments had never been changed. Uh, any tax consequences? Uh, there would be tax consequences on... No. No. As a matter of fact, you, you wouldn't be liquidating. Okay. So there's no tax consequence. As a matter of fact, matter of fact there'd be some tax benefits to you. It'd be investment income. and I mean, investment interest expense. Okay. But no, I would say uh, you could get out of the tax arena there because there'd be no liquidations, therefore no capital gains to worry about. That's a bonus. Okay. Fantastic, and I'll give you a call. That number to call in Raleigh, Max, is 8727000. That's okay. USA 7000. And thanks for calling. Thank you very much. Well, hope Max uh, gives us a call. All right, let's see. How about anything with regard to estate planning? Did anybody see anything on the estate planning side this week? Uh, there was an article about the 401k rights and how they are affected by ERISA. What was that all about? Well, this was a really excellent article pointing to the fact that there are rules. And in a recent case... uh there was a, uh, you know, uh, an individual left his company, but the court ruled that despite having previously named, uh, his three children as beneficiaries of his 401k plan, uh, this individual, uh, in this, in this court case, the court determined that under the terms of the, of his participant, uh, plan, a spouse's right to plan assets is immediately vested upon marriage. And since no spousal waiver was obtained in this person's marriage, the default beneficiary is the spouse, even though she was not named the beneficiary. So am I understanding that the spouse got the 401k and the children who were supposed to get it were disinherited? That's exactly right. This (laughs) is such a sad case. And maybe you could kind of... Well, Go over the facts of the case. Well, if I'm remembering the case, that was the Leonard Kidder case. And that particular instance was Kidder was a participant in his company's 401k plan. And Kidder originally named his wife as the beneficiary of his 401k. That's fine. But then she died. And so he did what normal people would do after your wife dies. He changes the beneficiary to be 
his three children, who are now supposed to be the heirs of his 401k. 401k. Then what happened was, after uh, some years, he remarried. And shortly after he remarried, within six months of remarrying, he dies. What a then, tragedy. Yeah, right after Mary, he got married. Six second, weeks. Six, six, uh, was it six weeks or six yeah. months? It was short. Six weeks. Six weeks. Okay, so then guess what happened? He was a newlywed. What happens next? What do you think? Well, um, if, let's see, died and didn't have a waiver, I'm guessing the children were contesting it, wanting there, to know why. <laughs> there, was, there was a battle. The 401k said it's supposed to go to the kids. Exactly. That, but this brand new wife said, uh-uh, I want it. Okay. And so the her, clincher here is that during those six weeks, there was no waiver of spousal right made for the new for uh for Mr. Kidder's 401k assets. He did not have his new wife sign a spousal waiver form. The uh the the, the issue here becomes a 401k versus an IRA. You know, right away the question comes, well, wait a minute, what happened? Because the court in that case said the wife gets it. Even though they'd only been married a few weeks, the wife gets it, the kids are disinherited. But obviously, the question comes up, well, what about clients of ours who are currently married and have 401k accounts, and they want to leave their 401k to the children? Instead of a spouse. Instead of a spouse. Okay, so it normally would go to a spouse, but if you're going to, in this like in this situation, make an exception to that rule right. and have someone other than your spouse inherit a 401k. Right. Then you would have to go through the process of saying, I don't want my spouse to inherit. And she has to sign has a to waiver sign saying, a waiver. I agree. I agree to that. Okay. I, okay. Then, right. <clears throat> but most people don't think like that. Okay. They just go on with life. They figure, well, I put in my new beneficiary, I put in my children, everything, and life goes on. The, the, the solution is an IRA. If you leave your, if you leave your employment, almost never should you leave your 401k over there at the employer because an IRA does not have that regulation. An IRA, you can leave it to anyone. You can leave it to your children. You can leave it to anybody. The wife doesn't have to sign off anything once it's in an IRA. Now, I will say this. When you roll it over from your employer employer at the 401k into an IRA, Almost always there is a little check off the box that says your that the spouse signs saying she agrees that it can be rolled into an IRA and she has no rights later on after that he can do what he wants with it or if it, but anyway so that's the, that's one of the real benefits to me in estate planning of the IRA over a 401k so if you're in a situation where you're not going to take advantage of the, the traditional route of just leaving it to your spouse, and it does need to be inherited by children or someone other than a spouse, then do always look for the IRA as, as a real practical option. Yes, I have a number of clients who have been through second marriages, and uh, they want their IRA to go to their children from their first marriage. Maybe the spouse has passed away. And the existing spouse is able to take care of 
herself or his or this self. Or be a portion of the whole family's por- wealth. And, and made, this that's is just the inheritance ver- Very that good. That's right. It might be the home and so forth. This only refers to the IRA, but most people aren't aware of this. In that case, I remember that case was a big deal because uh, um, kids got disinherited. You know, this is a this is a prime example of uh, a situation where if 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 this Mr. Kidder had done proper financial planning, he would have addressed this issue. I'm sure his financial planner might have encouraged him to. You know, you've left your employer. There's no need for it your money to stay at their 401k. It's your money. And take this proper steps to roll over the funds out of the previous employer's um, retirement plan and roll it over into an IRA. Any financial planner worth his or her salt should deal with proper estate planning as well as investment planning. And this is a classic case of how obviously somebody got the short end of the stick and it was the children. And another example of not a, not bad information, just not enough information. Just not enough information. So if you're in, uh, you know, to any of our listeners out there, if you happen to be in a, in a new marriage and you have kids from a previous marriage and this may be your situation where you still have money over in your four, previous employer's 401k, maybe it's time for you to do a roll, IRA rollover. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF. And if you've got a question, you can call us right now on the open lines at 860 WPTF. That's 860-9783. And if you're out of town, it is toll free at 1-800-662-7979. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis, and we're going to take a caller right now. Go ahead, Jerry. How can I help you? Doug Lewis. Yes, thank you. Uh, uh, my daughter uh, blessed me with my uh, first grandchild six months ago. Mazel tov. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's congratulations. Yes. Um, and uh, consequently, I'm uh, thinking of uh, of my will, uh-huh. with regard to a will. And uh, I was wondering, uh, are lawyers sufficiently uh, conversant with the matters that... Uh, you engage in to uh, be trusted, or should I see a financial planner first? That's a very good question. I'm glad that somebody finally asked that. No, they are not. We are not what they call a board-certified state. Some states, they're board-certified where they have to declare what they're specialist in. But no, attorneys are not versed in these. Some are and some aren't. You should be working with a certified financial planner who can work in tandem with the attorney, even help find the attorney so he can set up the strategy and the attorney can do the legal work. That's a very good question, Jerry. Uh, general reference to assets, property, and such in a will is not sufficient, from in your opinion. General reference? You mean for an attorney to know? Uh, well, merely to refer in, in the uh, matter of disposing of one's estate. Uh, you want to go through the numbers. I see. In other words, it's got to be numerically worked out, and that's where the attorney generally is not going to, he's not going to have that or whatever. Jerry, if you will call me at my office, I'd love to talk this more with you because this is a very touchy matter and I, and it's one that's very dear to my heart because people get messed up real bad in this area. My number is 872-7000. You're right. Uh, gifting strategies and working with a proper attorney are crucial. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Jerry. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening. Well, you know, Jerry's situation, Lynn, Deborah, is really interesting because... 
so often the estate attorney is transaction oriented. He might do an outstanding job at producing, for example, uh, a revocable living trust. But if if you don't follow through after that transaction, that creation of that document, and fund that revocable living trust, then you basically have created uh, a watchdog with no teeth. The reason that you created the document, the trust, was to cover assets owned by the trust. Well, attorneys don't do the transfer. So they create the documents, and then client thinks everything's done and so many times they come to my office and they and I look at the and they've got a trust but nothing is in it it's like an empty box an unfunded revocable living trust this is why the process of financial planning should begin with the certified financial planner then include the attorney the estate attorney and then com- be fulfilled or completed by the funding through the financial planner and then tracked on an ongoing basis You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis, and we hope you're having a wonderful day. And if you've got a question about your financial planning issues, call us on the open lines at News Radio 680 WPTF. Call us at 860-9783-860-WPTF. Out of towners, it is toll-free, 1-800-662-7979. Well, Lynn... What's new in the area of investment planning? Well, Doug, people uh, choosing a financial planner may have made the best decision by working with a financial planner, right? Yeah, I think so, Lynn. The, the best investment decision some people ever make is to work with a financial planner because a financial planner, if you think about it, there are really about seven things that the financial planner can do. First of all, a financial planner may help you increase your investment results. And a financial planner takes the time to understand you and to understand your goals. And of course, third, a financial planner can recommend funds that fit your needs because lots of mutual funds don't. Four, a financial planner may help you decide how to allocate your assets. And a financial planner can analyze how changing conditions affect you. Six, a financial planner can work to deliver information while it's still timely. And seven, a financial planner helps make investing much more convenient. So, of all the investment decisions a person ever makes, it seems to me the most important one just might be the decision to put a certified financial planner on your side. Now, you talk about how and a planner may help you increase your investment results, Linda. You know, the famous Dalbar study, which we've talked about on the air in the past, was a ten-and-a-half-year study of investments made in over 5,000 mutual funds, and it was conducted by the Dalbar Services, and they illustrated why it was so important, because investors who used a financial planner outperformed those who didn't by over 17% in their stock funds, and they outperformed by over 21% in their bond funds. And, you know, people may ask why. Well, do-it-yourself investors were more likely to sell on the basis of short-term bad news, and they held their funds an average 2.6 years. But professionally advised investors were more patient. 
They held their funds an average 3.5 years, so they gained greater opportunities for long-term growth, right? Right. Holding the hands of the investors through tough times made the crucial difference. Now, we also said that a financial planner will take the time to understand you and your goals. A financial planner makes it their business to learn who you are and where you are with your investment program and where you want to go. And they help you understand the process. Right. And the vehicles. Right. So from getting to know you, if, you know, from this getting to know you process, then your financial planner can offer customized investment strategies for retirement planning, for enhancing your after-tax return opportunities, for planning your parents' financial needs in latter years, and for funding your children's educations. Right? That's exactly right, Lynn. To any of our listeners, if you have a question or if you would like to receive our introductory packet of information, I'll be happy to send it to you. Our number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That is USA 7000. Lynn, you know, you probably have spoken to, how many people have you spoken to have called our offices uh, in the last five years? I would say between, I don't know, maybe close to 4,000 people. Maybe 4,000 people that you've spoken to. And uh, every one of them that comes in our office, you have them write down before they meet with me the list of questions that they want to have addressed, right? Right, because most people, you know, that have accumulated generally have things that they've thought about that they wish they could ask somebody. What would you say is the are the, the, the most common questions that you see people write down on their list of questions? How much should I have in my emergency fund or how much should I be saving? Or are my investments in the right vehicles? Um, should I sell my house? Uh, should I prepay my mortgage? Just, I mean, they're innumerable. Uh-huh. So you think the most common ones are... How much in an emergency fund? And um, what does my portfolio look what's like? What's my overall my investment portfolio look like? Right. How about retirement? Uh, yes. How can I plan for retirement? Am I doing the proper? Am I in the right direction, or am I, I am I doing the right things in planning for retirement? Do you have many people that write down questions? Will I be able to make it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you? That's yeah. They wonder based on what income they have currently, are they going to be able to retire when they want to? Mm-hmm. Are they putting enough aside? from their income. Right. Well, that's interesting because understanding you and your goals is the job of the planner. Now, we also said that the planner can recommend different funds, and mutual funds offer lots of professional management and diversification and liquidity and all those good things, but how do you choose among the funds that are out there? Well, your financial planner can help you see how well a fund's objectives, uh, their track record, and their management style match your specific needs and your goals. So usually when you work with a financial planner, you should be able to receive information on how much volatility the fund's managers will assume to achieve your objectives. Right, Doug? Yeah. You also ought to be able to get, if your planner is worth their salt, the fund's performance compared to other funds with similar objectives and how the fund is done not only in up markets but also in down markets. And you should see how the fund's performance is versus its respective investment indices over different time periods. And, of course, you also want to know what types of stocks or bonds the fund invests in and how those securities can affect, you know, the performance of the fund. And a financial planner can help you decide how to allocate your assets. 
owning just one fund isn't always the best strategy. Right. And, you know, we've always said don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. So it's important to diversify your investments among a number of different funds that can reduce your overall risk. Right, Doug? Mm-hmm. Things like how many funds you need to own are questions that you have a right to know. Are two funds right? Five funds right? What percentage of your investment dollars should you put in income funds and how much in stock funds and how much in money market and how much in domestic versus international funds? Well, all of these things are important to get a handle on and your financial planner, after he learns your objectives and your time horizon and your risk tolerances, can find recommendations that are tailored to your individual needs. And there are a lot of issues in de- in deciding on mutual funds other than just Let's buy a fund. Your planner should inform you when there's a change in the fund's management style. And, and he should also help reallocate your portfolio to meet changing needs. We also stated that your financial planner can help you analyze how changing conditions affect you. Now, financial publications like to show lists of hot funds to buy now, but, you know, those recommendations do change frequently. So whose list should you believe? Right. Well, with a professional on your side, using an advisor, you can gain an understanding of how changing economic and market conditions affect your particular situation. So when you do make a change in your investment portfolio, there's a logical reason behind it. Right. Which would you prefer? The personalized services of a financial planner who you know and trust? Or? Generalized information from a journalist. Which is what the public generally is listening to. Right. Generalized information, buy this fund, sell this fund from a publication. And people do get confused. And I, you know, I, as we were talking about all the listeners that have called over the years, people really do get confused. I had a lady call last week. She and her husband were trying to figure out where to put some retirement money. And this so-called financial planner came out and sold them some whole life insurance. Wow. In three years, she's never participated in her company's 401k retirement plan. And instead, Bought some, Bought some whole, whole life insurance. So anyway, um, people do definitely need to work with a financial planner. If I can help any more, call the office. Our office number is 8727000. Well, I think this week uh, lends itself. The, the biggest thing that happened this week was the big news that 401k balances are up. That is really encouraging. Of course, good news and bad news, but I think that news that hit the presses in the financial news, that 401k balances are up. Did anybody see what the average 401k plan right now around the country is? Uh, the average's uh, account size is reported at around 74900 which incur- is up 12% from last year. I think that's great. You know, that says that something, there's a wake-up call that is occurring throughout the nation. I sure hope we've contributed to that. I think we have, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) We're out here, instead of driving around town or, you know, out at the park, we're here at WPTF. Telling you to wake up. our (laughs) dues. No. (laughs) Encouraging you to participate in your 401k. And participating, I think, is what most people are seeing is has probably uh, helped them the most because um, as a, a, as life expectancies increased and companies shift from traditional pensions to 401k retirement plans, worker confidence about having enough money in retirement has declined. You know, that is 
what I am reading and hearing continually that <clears throat> there is a, 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 a concern, a, a scared, a fear, uh, and that I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not going to be able to make it. And I'm going to live longer than I expected to. And then my parents did. And then my, and my parents. And, and then what about medical insurance? And, and all of these fears are, are, are driving the uh the confidence level down but the contribution level up and that's good news that is good news that means more people are deciding to have more of their paycheck go into these retirement plans that's right uh you know i think it was about a quarter of the us workers who on one survey that i read said they are not at all confident about their ability to afford a comfortable retirement and that's the highest percentage of dissatisfaction in uh, in decades. Does that mean most people are not as confident that they have saved enough or will be able to save enough? Right. But if you look at that number, Deborah, if you look at that $74,000 average that we cited a second ago, it may not seem like much, but if you keep contributing... It's going to make a, a difference. <laughs> it is going to make a real difference. And if you happen to be 55 years or older right now and you have been contributing for the last 10 years continually from that $74,000 level, guess what your average is now? The 55-year-olds who are now, who have a 10-year continuous contribution, their average is about 233000 And that's not anything to sneeze at. That means that, uh, you know, the, the continual contribution and compounding is working so the folks that are out there that still have their jobs working day after day after day are contributing to their 401ks and we're also finding that some folks are deciding that they're not going to retire on time because they want to accumulate more money they're making that decision Linda. they're That's making right. that decision right? now there is another half of this uh, issue just the fact that you're contributing may still not be the best thing. You need to know what investments inside your 401k to go to. I met with a Walmart employee last night, a friend of mine, and she is totally baffled. So you need to go ahead and get advice from a certified financial planner, not only to contribute, but inside the plan. Which what choices are you going to make? Are you going to do it to the max or to the match, right? And what investments inside are you going to make? The growth and income fund, the, uh, the 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 year fund that says you can make it by 2035 or 2015 and so forth, or the growth fund, or the, usually you have a whole menu of options, and pretty much everybody I've seen has made the wrong decision. I hear that again and again. So if you're out there listening and you've got questions about your 401k, planning for retirement, or estate planning, call us in Raleigh at 919-872-7000 at the office at Lewis Financial Management. And if you've got a question, you can call us on the open lines at 860-WPTF. That's 860-9783-1-800-662-7979. You know, this past set of weeks, Deborah, has been so incredibly volatile, you almost don't know which issue to focus on. We've got the Mississippi River crisis. Oh, right. We've got the uh, political crises that are happening. Yes. 
we have the oh my gosh international we've got president obama and mr netanyahu and what effect that is going to have we have the we, problem with uh gold and silver you better find advice because you just be you, you could be flip-flopping all over the place well doug let's take a call Barry, Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? Well, I just had a question about the philosophy of inclusive wrapped fee funds versus more standardized mutual funds and what your position as a financial planner is on one versus the other. Well, uh, and it's an interesting question. Generally, I won't take a philosophical call, but different professionals do it a different way. The thing that I feel is most important is that you find a financial planner who is doing financial planning. If you're just working with the world of investments and leaving out your estate issues, your income tax issues, your cash flow issues, your retirement issues, all of the other areas that a financial planner is trained to be working on, then you're really only running on two cylinders and you're cheating yourself and you shouldn't be dealing with a financial planner. And if you approach it that way, at least dealing with a real planner, you generally get more service and a more professional approach for less money than what you're going to get on a wrap fee arrangement at one of the brokerage firms. I know our fees are lower than the wrap fees that the brokerage firms charge, and we do the entire thing, the tax planning, the estate planning, the trust, the wills, the retirement planning, and everything. But it's a nice, easy way to make money with the wrap fees. There's no doubt about it. You don't have to do a thing. You just go ahead and the money just comes to you, and, and we see people that are doing that. I philosophically don't approve of that. There's, yeah, and people sometimes want a more comprehensive service, and that's what a planner that does it traditionally, the way that Doug does it, can find. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for calling, Thank Barry. You. you know, Doug, the uh, bottom line is that uh, people need to find out what their money's doing for them, right? I mean, well, get more money, for your money. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I really think it's the service. It's value-added service. It's If you're going to a surgeon then you ought to know that you're going to a surgeon and not not find one type of doctor versus another type of doctor. If you're going for a financial planner and for financial planning, you should be getting financial planning, not just money management. If you would like some more information on this, I'll be happy to either send you some information or discuss it with you further. And you can call me at the office, and the number is 872-7000. That's USA 7000, and I'll be happy to do what I can to answer your questions. Well, that's all the Money Matters we have time for today. So we want to thank all our listeners for joining us. And for any other questions you may have, call my office during the week and we'll set up an appointment to meet with you personally. That number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. And we'll be back next week on this same station at the same time. In the meantime, have a great week. And remember, your money matters because your financial future is at stake. You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug and Linda in Raleigh at 872-7000. That's USA 7000. Listen again next Sunday at 605 for Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on 680 WPTF.